I'm glad to see everyone here today. Um, and today's message uh, is entitled, Challenging Towards the Impossible. It sounds very, dun, 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 you know, um, exciting or something very grand for 2023. But this is something that we need to have as we prepare for this year. As maybe for some of us, it's just another day, <laughs> and that's fine too. Um, but nevertheless, this is something that we have to have, not with our own strength, but with the strength that God gives us. And today's passage, we read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, where we see the workings of the early church. And the book of Acts is very interesting because this is kind of the handbook of the church for today. But before we get there, I want to ask you, what is success? What is success, right? Um, success can look a lot of different ways, but a lot of times success can be a very lonely path because you have to leap over people to get to your final destination. And sometimes when you're the top, you're the only one that's there. And it's not the, the best of places to be, because our lives were never meant to be alone. If success to you is just make a lot of money, eat well, live well, then our level is no greater than the animals <laughs> that we raise in our homes. If you think about it, they live the best kind of life. They just eat, sleep, poop, repeat, you know, <laughs> and that's... The goal that so many people unfortunately have as success <laughs> is no different than, than that, if you think about it, if you simplify it to the nth degree, right? But when it comes to success, we need to be mindful of three kingdoms that are taking place around us. The worldly kingdom, Satan's kingdom, and God's kingdom. And the worldly kingdom... That's their goal. It's very success-driven, and it's a very lonely path. And a lot of people kind of fall apart based on that. They're alone. They're trying to win alone, trying to fight alone, and then that loneliness is what gets them. Satan's kingdom has always been the same. Destroy humanity, you know? And there's a lot of people that follow this kingdom and end up killing others, living a very kind of under the influence of uh, satanic influences. Um, and you can see it by their nature. You can see it by how they behave. And then there's God's kingdom, which is supposed to beget life, right? It's supposed to bring life to our field. And ultimately, that is true success. This is what the early church was able to see. But what did they hold on to? They held on to the blessings that Jesus Christ gave them to begin the works that they saw in the book of Acts. You can kind of boil down the book of Acts to these three themes. Acts 1.1, 1.3, and 1.8. And it repeats throughout the whole book of Acts. And that one, Acts 1.1 is in reference to Christ. It starts off saying that this book is given to this man named Theophilus. And this is the second of the books. Uh, and he refers, the author named Luke, refers to the first book that he gave this man. And that first book is 
the Gospel of Luke. And it's by that confession we start to see these acts of God take place in the book of Acts. In Acts 1-3, we see Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, speaking to his disciples for 40 days about the kingdom of God, teaching them about what these eternal things are. And then in, one, in Acts 1-8, he speaks about the power of the Holy Spirit that would be given to his disciples to carry out these works of the kingdom of God. And we see it right off the bat with the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 2. We see the Holy Spirit come and people being able to speak other languages where 15 nations that gathered, the diaspora of the Jews, came back to celebrate Pentecost. And they were coming from 15 different nations. And they were hearing 15 different languages. They were hearing languages that they were from, the country that they are from, and they were hearing the gospel being preached to them. That day, 3,000 people came to Christ and became disciples. Peter preached the gospel. They heard it in their own language, 3,000 people. This is not something that people can do. It wasn't like Peter planned it all. He was like, all right, this day, Holy Spirit's going to come. I'm going to make a, make a speech, 3,000 people. <laughs> you know, He didn't make any of that plan. He was led accordingly as he enjoyed Christ. And he started to see the works of the kingdom, not by his own strength, but the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see this pattern happen over and over again throughout the book of Acts. All the way to even the end of chapter 2, we see these works taking place in the early church where people were sharing everything and people were sharing this gospel to everybody. And we have to understand that they held on to not the things of the world, but they held on to the eternal things, the things that doesn't just disappear. Material things, even people, unfortunately, they don't live forever. Material things, they eventually rot, eventually fall apart. There is nothing on this earth man-made that goes on forever. There is an expiration date to these things. But the things of God are eternal, where there, are, there is no expiration date. And this becomes our platform because we're holding on to Christ every time we fall or every time we feel like we, we have nothing we always have this platform to come back to, to hold on to these eternal things. This is what the early church did. They devoted themselves to these four things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is things pertaining to Christ, the triune God, and whatever Jesus spoke to them about the kingdom of God for the 40 days in Acts 1-3, that's what they held on to. And the early church held on to the fellowship, communicating, engaging each other. And they committed themselves, devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, which is in reference to communion, right? Remembering Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and the blood that he shed. And the building of community through even sharing a meal. And they devoted themselves to prayer, where they're accessing the power of God. Right? And that's what we need to access as well. What we're doing seems very simple, very mundane, very boring sometimes. 
But this is where we need to receive real answers and it no longer becomes boring, but it becomes a source of answers. The Sunday message that we receive, that has to be the starting point for answers for you this week. Yes, you can be reading other passages throughout this week and whatnot, but start here first. Start with the Sunday message. Start with what God has given you through the message today. Not because of me, but because of God, because of God's word. That's what's important. Because if you are a witness of just one thing that you receive here today, that becomes part of your arsenal of evidence. That becomes part of your arsenal of witnessing something real versus pretending. Pretending can only get you so far because your soul knows what is fake, your soul knows what is real, and it will respond. Because there's people that come to church 20, 30, I don't know how many years, they might be miserable because they don't, they don't see their spiritual state. They pretend. Your soul knows. Other people can't know <laughs> because they, they, they buy your bluff, you know? <laughs> they buy your pretending. You know, oh, you're so nice looking. Everything looks so, they look like they're well off. Your soul knows. You can't lie to yourself because you will respond according to that lie, according to that pretending. And that's why we need the power of God because it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to pretend and it is so hard for us to fix ourselves. It's so hard to maintain ourselves. And this is why we need to hold on to things that are not temporary, but things that are eternal. Because that's what will keep us moving. That what, that's what keeps us from being able to continue to love our family to the utmost. Right? Sometimes it's hard to love family because they, they wear your patience down really well. And they're experts at it. <laughs> but that's why we need God's grace. Because you'll get burnt out if you don't. And this is something that we have to understand when it comes to this platform of grace that Christ has given us so that we too can become that platform for others so that they can understand and receive life and see the power of God work in their lives. But that requires for us to enjoy. Uh, there are people that I share, uh, that I meet up with weekly and share this gospel. And um, it's funny because they're from a very immigrant background. And this word enjoyment and Christ doesn't fit well together for some reason. <laughs> they're like, Christ, that means you got to work for him, you know? And that's what they, that's all, that's all they know. But it starts with us actually enjoying what Christ has done for us. Because then we're able to share, right? Then we're able to make sense of the serving, of the devotion. Because when we enjoy Christ, he gives us the grace to devote. He gives us the strength to pour out. He gives us the strength to grow in faith. We can't just be like, okay, today I want to be more faithful than before. Like, you need to enjoy grace first. You need to enjoy what Christ has given you. You need to enjoy his forgiveness. You need to enjoy what he has done on the cross for you. Right? Because that's what the early church experienced. They weren't perfect people. These, a lot of these people were either uneducated or people from a very 
bad background where people look down on them or people that have no answers even in government or whatnot. This was an amazing community. It was a supernatural community. They had all things in common. You know how hard that is? If we were like, all right, guys, let's get all our money together and we'll, we'll just equalize it, you know? And it, like to share everything that you have and having everything in common, it's not easy. Like what they did, it was like, wow, that's amazing. That sounds great. Maybe I can do it for one day, you know? <laughs> but after that, I don't think I can continue. You know, I need, my, I need my privacy. I need my own spot. I need my own stuff. Um, you have to understand, this is not done by their strength. This is not done by somebody's great idea. This is done by the grace of God. This supernatural community doesn't just happen. It doesn't, it's not made by a, a, a choice of, Let's have a supernatural community today, guys, all right? It happens when there's enjoyment of the gospel, enjoyment of who Christ is, enjoyment of his forgiveness, enjoyment of his plan to revive the people that are around us. We need to enjoy these things so that we can stand as a watchman for this area, for, for the field that he has sent you. That's why uh, Watchtower is up there, because we're called to be people to share good news, right? For watchtowers, they would, whoever would come into the town or uh, city, they would welcome them or they can warn them. Whatever it may be that needs to be communicated, that's what the watchtower was there for. And us too, we need to be able to enjoy so that we're able to communicate this, this message of the gospel. Because what we see here is that in verse 45, it says, they were selling their possessions and, be and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. They had a heart for the field. They had the heart for the people around them because they had a picture of what God's work would be, what God's kingdom should look like. Do you have this picture? Or is it just bleak? <laughs> you know, my job, bleak. My family situation, bleak. You know, my friends or the people that have problems around me, bleak. We need to have a picture of redemption that comes from the gospel. It's not from yourself, once again. This is something that we need to actually start praying about. Because as we enjoy the gospel, we'll see the fulfillment. Come on. Click. Somebody in the back, click. <laughs> Thank you. And it leads to click. <laughs> relaying the gospel, right? Where this is something that we have to understand. Like, if we see the fulfillment of God's word, then it's easy to share good news, right? Because we're seeing answers. The gospel, or even the word evangelism, is sharing good news. But is the gospel good news to you? Do you understand it to be good news? If not, you're missing the point. Because good news is not something where people have to like point a gun at you and say, share good news with me now. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> it's something that kind of spills over, right? You meet up with your friend, oh, guess what happened? You know, or my brother, he just had a, another kid. Wow, <laughs> you know, so easy to share with people. It's, no one has to threaten me to share good news. And this is what evangelism is supposed to be. 
It's not this megaphone, believe in Jesus or go to hell. It's not this, you know, like, oh, man, like, I guess it's my duty. So I have to, it, as we enjoy the gospel, it's sharing good news. There's no, like, different meaning, <laughs> right? What do you mean by good news? Is it really good news or is it, like, another thing that you're talking, referencing towards? No, it's good news, that's what we have to get to the bottom of. Seeing the fulfillment of God's word so we can relay it as good news to our field. Then we start to see the future of what the church is supposed to be. If we don't see the future of the church, if the church is just us, and us growing old in the church, and then us dying in the church, and then there's no more church, that's not the church. That's not the fulfillment of what God wants. But if we see the future of the church as a place where it can be a platform for others to come and know who this Christ is, for all nations to be able to hear and know good news, then there's, there's a future for the church. And this isn't, once again, done by Let's, let's, let's make it happen, guys. It really starts with our heart. It really starts with prayer to change our hearts because think about it. If we have problems even dealing with our own loved ones, right? We have problems with our own family a lot of times. And then, you know, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to add extra burden. Like, let's bring somebody else from a different background in, right? Somebody from a different country, a different language, a different culture. What goes through your mind? Oh, man, I'm going to be so uncomfortable. Like, oh, it's going to be so awkward. Oh, man. <laughs> like, all those thoughts come into, like, all nations ministry is impossible. Especially with our own strength. Impossible because of how we are, human nature. We love what is comfortable. We love what is repeatable right? Something that is within our control. We like that because it feels safe. But that's, that's the problem. This is, we're trying to do all nations with our own strength. We're trying to do ministry with our own strength, our own picture, our own, just us thinking that it is for Christ. But we have to really come back to kind of square zero, <laughs> where we need to ask honestly, God, this is where I am. This is where we are. Lord, you guide us. Help me to see my field. Because there's people in, within, around you. There's people around me that are outside of the church. And the best person to actually talk to them is not me, but you, <laughs> right? I'm a stranger to them. But to you, you're a colleague, you're a friend, you're you know, somebody that they know. And this is the picture that we need to have for our church. It's not the pastor or a missionary or you know, a church officer doing that work alone, but it's actually the whole church because that's what the early church did. It wasn't by one person. 
It wasn't by Apostle Paul or Apostle Peter that people came to Christ, that all of Rome was changed. It was actually through all the lay people, all the people of the church that changed the entire empire. This is the kind of picture that we need so that we can not only enjoy but see a future for your lives but also for the church because this belongs to God. This is what God desires through the church. And we start to experience these absolute answers. Um, the word absolute is scary, especially in today's culture where everything is very relative. But what God gives is absolute. And this is something that we have to trust in. And as we trust in, God will give you the answers to see this to be true. And this comes through communication. And that's why I, I use the word antenna. Uh, it says here, day by day. This is important. Verse 46, it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So it didn't matter if they were in the temple or whether they were at home. They were the same person. Let's put it to today. <laughs> are you the same here as you are at home? Nah. <laughs> Not really. Why is that? Right? Why is that? And that's always bothered me growing up in the church. I'm like, they are not like that. <laughs> How come they're acting so weird when they're at church, but then when they're not at church, they act normal? And as a, as a pastor, that's my, my goal is who, I want to know who you are. There's people outside of the church that, that I meet up regularly, and that's who I want to know. I want to know them for who they are. I don't want them to, I don't want to know them as pretend Christian or pretend, you know, I don't know what persona that they take when they come to the church. I don't want that person. I, I want to know what you're going through. I want to know like who, who you are at the core because that's who you really are. Like I said, you cannot trick your soul. You cannot trick yourself. Your soul will know and respond, right? If you're, if you're fake, your soul will know and won't be happy. <laughs> you know, it will be very miserable because you can't trick your own self, your spirit. You can't trick God. But we lie to ourselves a lot, almost every day every moment and this is what needs to change where wherever we are it has to be you it can't be pretend you yes you know there's certain environments where you have to you know have a certain uh what's it called protocol for engagement and whatnot and that's that's the i feel like that's different because it's a common understanding amongst everybody not not just you yourself but who are you, right? The early church knew who they were. And they came to Christ as they were. They didn't have to pretend. They didn't have to be shameful. 
they came just as they were and received God's grace to start breaking out of some of those things that they were stuck in, some of the sins that they were stuck in, some of the situations and circumstances, some of the bad cycle of thinking. It was broken by the grace that they received in Jesus Christ. And when we start to see this, we start to see how we can share this with everyone, where we start to see globalization. How can I share this with the people that are around me everywhere? And the reason why I have this picture up is something that I shared before. Um, we have to know the essence of the gospel. For, for example, if I were, were versing a pro chef in a cooking contest and I had these ingredients, I wouldn't know how to use some of these ingredients. So I would just put it all in a pot. I'll put oil in it, salt, pepper, and that's probably it, right? Um, and then just to try something new, I'll probably put in a random ingredient that I don't know and hope for the best. But for a pro chef, what would they do? They could take this and make 100 dishes, you know? You have a gluten allergy, all right? Take out the bread, and I'll, I can make something that looks like bread out of carrots or something. You know, it's like they can do crazy stuff. How? Why? How is that possible? And how come I can't do it? <laughs> it's because they know the essence of these ingredients. They know taste profiles. They know textures. They know how to work with these ingredients. Even if they don't know, just by tasting the ingredient, they know how to utilize it. Isn't that crazy? You see it in cooking contests. You see it in so many different shows today. It's because they know the essence of these ingredients. We need to know the essence of the gospel. Because there's people that are coming from all kinds of backgrounds outside of church. They might have a gluten allergy, you know, spiritually. <laughs> then we need to be able to adjust how we communicate the gospel message so that they can understand. It's not changing the gospel message. It's changing the way we actually communicate it. That needs to change. We can't be like, oh, it worked here, so I'm going to do exactly over there. No, that is being, you know, uh, disregarding your field, not seeing your field accurately. I will challenge everyone here. I'll challenge students here. Know your field. Get to know the people that you're studying with. Get to know the people that you're working with. Get to know them. Like, you don't have to share the gospel with them. Get to know them. 2023, get to know somebody, you know? That is such a huge beginning point because once you start to know people but have that spiritual eye, you start to see things that you can start praying for that person, right? You can start seeing, okay, my field is not looking so great. Let me start praying. Because that's where God starts to give you ideas, starts to give you his plans for your field. He starts to... As you enjoy the gospel, he starts to attach people to you. You know, Apostle, oh, Apostle Paul, he was Saul, who, were, who was the persecutor of Christians. He killed so many Christians. 
But God sent him to this man named Ananias. And then we never hear about Ananias ever again. It's not that, you know, Saul killed him or anything. But Ananias shared the gospel with Saul. Why did God send Saul to Ananias? It's because he knew the gospel in that area and sent Saul to him. And that, even if he, that was the only person he evangelized, he evangelized to that one person that birthed the early church who set so many churches just through that one relaying of good news. When you come to enjoy the gospel, you'll see God actually attached people to you. And this is something that I've seen. This is something that You'll, you'll be able to see too as you come to enjoy this gospel. And maybe you don't like people. <laughs> I, you know, that might, be, that might be true. I don't like people. I don't, I, it makes me uncomfortable. Trust God in that process. He will give you the heart to know what to do or, to, or learn how to handle it or to even grow to be able to do so because he knows you better than you know yourself. He'll guide you accordingly. And then we're able to establish true healing and establish and be established as a summit, being a source of good news to your field. This is very important for us to be able to see the essence of the gospel, not just a gospel message, not just Jesus died on the cross for you and that's it. We have to enjoy Jesus as my Christ as my Messiah, one who made the way, one who has forgiven my sin, and one who gives me authority to fight against Satan's schemes. So I don't get uh, duped by today's messaging. You can be like God. You know, you have it. You are in control of your destiny. God's plan for you transcends that destiny of the world. And that's something that we have to be able to see and trust. And for our conclusion here today, just a question like I asked earlier, does our church life and day-to-day -day life match? And if it doesn't, <laughs> why? Right? Like what, what makes you have to come to pretend here? Right? And, you know, let's, let's really have honest discussions and honest you know thoughts about that because that that becomes very important as a church for for us to grow not only individually but as a church and like i said earlier there's no power in pretending you can't dupe your own soul <laughs> your soul will know and god knows you can't trick god be like god i'm okay no you're not you know <laughs> god knows um and Yet he gives, he opens the way for us in his grace so that we can come to know him. And this is important too. It's both spiritual and logical. It can't be only one or the other. We can't deny God's spiritual power or the spiritual world that is working around us. And we cannot deny logic, you know? It's both working together where as we pursue these spiritual things, Look, you know, look what's happening as you pray. See what is happening as you get to know your field. See 
and you'll you'll start to see kind of like almost like a like a spiritual scientific way of going about it where as you hold on to God's word see what answers God honestly gives you as you pray for your field see what answers God gives you like there has to be this back and forth you can't just be like oh whatever it's whatever so I'm not gonna think about it see for it yourself because this will be everything moving forward for your life not to be like one of a cat or a dog, <laughs> you know, just eating, sleeping, pooping, repeat, but to see what life is really meant for because your soul won't, won't like that. <laughs> just, yes, physically you'll like that, <laughs> you know, like I love food, I love sleeping, I love money and repeat, you know, but your soul will not be happy, you know, because our soul was meant to be with God. And that's where we find our greatest joy. And that's why as we allow that to be our 24 hours, we start to challenge towards something that only God can do. And that's why I put 25 hours because there's no 25-hour day. But this is something that only God can do. And that's why we need to challenge everything that comes your way in 2023 with God's power, with God's strength. Don't do it by yourself. Don't try to play hero by yourself, but really cling to Christ, cling to Emmanuel, God who is with you as, as we continue this covenant journey in Christ.